right. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, into episode number five of the Get Around Podcast. I am your host, Brendan Queeley. And as always, alongside me this week are my fellow Traverse City Record Eagle sports writers, James Cook and Brett Summers. Um, if you have not yet, uh, please check out the first episode of the Get Around After Dark, uh, in which the three of us break down this past Friday's uh, three biggest uh, football games, uh, including Traverse City Central's uh, comeback against Petoskey, uh, Glen Lake's upset of Frankfurt and Traverse City West moving to 6-0 and securing a playoff berth with a win against Benton Harbor. Uh, you can find that episode on iTunes as well as all the other episodes uh, on iTunes uh, at soundcloud.com backslash the getaround and on the Record Eagle website, uh, which is record-eagle.com under local sports. So uh, we've got a fine show for our dear listeners this week. Uh, we analyze the identity of the Detroit Lions and their potential for the rest of the season. We'll also take a look at the four most intriguing football teams coming down the stretch in the prep football season. And we break down Buckley's big soccer win over undefeated Leland uh, and then the Bears' chances in the postseason. We'll also induct our fifth member into the Get Around Hall of Fame as our Athlete of the Week. Uh, we'll also examine Traverse City West soccer as the Titans close in on their eighth consecutive Big North title in our big games of the week. We'll also discuss the big matchups on the gridiron coming up this Friday, including Elk Rapids at Grayling, among several others. Uh, and we will reveal our picks for the best sports comedy as we close the show, as we always do, with the trifecta. Now, uh, before we dive into all of that, let's check the heartbeat of the sports world as we start things off with The Pulse. Uh, Major League Baseball playoffs uh, sounds the Detroit Tigers, of course. I have to bring that up. I mean, I know my Chicago White Sox aren't in it, and neither are your Milwaukee Brewers, Brett. Um, but, uh, yeah, the Tigers, who tanked enough down the stretch to get that number one draft pick. So, But the Major League Baseball playoffs begin on Tuesday when the Yankees take on the Twins in the AL Wild wildcard playing game. Uh, Colorado takes on Arizona in the NL wildcard playing game on Wednesday followed by Boston at Houston, and the winner of the Twinkies and the Bronx Bombers against Cleveland on Thursday. Uh, then you've got the Chicago Cubs, who will begin the defense of their World Series title against Washington on Friday. And then Los Angeles uh, takes on the winner of the Rockies D-backs after that uh, at 10.30 on Friday night. You know, while that is uh, not nearly as exciting as filling out a bracket for March Madness, we did kind of fill out brackets here for the, uh, the playoffs that we've got, the uh, matchups we have coming up. Uh, so, uh, who do you got winning it at all this season? We'll start it off with you, James. Um, I went with the, uh, the Cleveland Indians. Uh, I mean, they got, you know, oh so close last year. They were up 3-1 on the Cubs last year in the World Series at one point. Ended up uh, obviously losing that in extra innings in Game 7. So they got about as close as you could come possibly to winning the World Series last year. Um, you know, I think that they'll uh, – I, I see the Yankees winning that play-in game with the Twins and then the, the – the Indians getting by them. Uh, the ALCS with Houston should be a really interesting matchup. And then uh, the, the NL matchups as well. I, I really would like to see a Dodgers-Cubs NLDS. I just think that that would just be a, a great series to watch and, and hope that it goes more than four games because every game it goes is just going to add to it. Yeah, yeah. It's a, you know October is always a very, very exciting time. Uh, of the of the sports world for um, you know not just for you know you have baseball playoffs but you also have uh, hockey coming up which is very exciting you got football going on both at, at the pro level and and college uh, and then the NBA is is right around the corner as well 
Um, but yeah, I mean, you've got some pretty good uh, matchups, uh, you know. Here, I do have the uh, the Twonkies taking out the uh, the Yankees uh, in that playing uh, in uh, playing game, which it hurts me to do that because I'm not really a big fan of any other team in the AL Central, except for the Chicago White Sox. But I do think the Twins are going to go ahead and win that one, uh, even though they're going to be playing at Yankee Stadium. I still, I kind of want to see. The Yankees' season, which has been somewhat promising, just you know, just get cut short immediately because I'm not that big of a fan of the Yankees um, either. But um, I don't know that any of us probably here are. Yeah, are there any Yankees fans outside Brett, of? I mean, I I don't think I uh, hold on to the hatred that some have for. I don't uh, have hatred York, for them. I just like to see them fail. It, it does feel like it's been a while since they were relevant. But I I would surprise the Yankees, you know, with as much as Aaron Judge kind of tanked after the All Star break until he, September, until until just recently, when yeah, he had fifteen home until, runs, yeah, yeah, until until recently, uh, you know, I would have picked them as a team to to not make the playoffs even almost, um, but uh, but Judge's resurgence I think has them with a team that can can make some noise in the playoffs now. Yeah. But I've got yeah I've got uh, Twins. Matching up against uh, Cleveland, but I have Cleveland winning that uh, in the in the ALDS. I also have uh, Houston taking taking out Boston, and again, that's not, I mean not personal for me, but I don't want to see Chris Hale succeed in Boston. So I would really I'd, I'd love for him to get rocked uh, in the first game against the Astros. So I'm going to go ahead and pick the Astros in that one, uh, and then I'll have uh, you know with that uh, Cleveland Houston. It's tough for me there. I did kind of waffle back and forth, but I just don't see any team being able to beat Cleveland right now. It they're just uh, they're they're red hot uh, going on that. How many games did they win in a row? Twenty two. I believe it was twenty two games in a row, and they, at one point it was like twenty eight out of twenty nine, and it was it's just been ridiculous. But yeah, I've got uh, them getting to the World Series on the American League side, and then I've got. Uh, Colorado winning that playing game against Arizona, and then I've also got them beating the Dodgers, uh, and I'm going to have them beating the Dodgers in five, and maybe that seems a little bit crazy to some of you, but I think that the Rockies have been playing really well lately, and they've already proven that they can beat uh, L.A., which they've done a couple of times here in the in the last uh, few weeks of the season. As I've got to, you know, keep it in, in, in Chi-Town, and, and, you know, I've got the, the Cubs beating Washington, and then I have the Cubs beating uh, the Rockies uh, in the NLCS to set up a World Series rematch uh, from last year with the Indians and uh, the Cubbies. But this time I think uh, Cleveland's going to be the one to pull it out. I just don't know if the Cubs have the firepower uh, in their starting rotation uh, this season uh, to take care of business like they did last year. Cleveland has a team with uh, just a, an incredible starting rotation, a lockdown bullpen They've got a shortstop in Francisco Lindor who doesn't look like he should be able to hit 33 home runs, but hit, somehow hit 33 home runs as a switch hitter this season. Uh, they're just, uh, you know, they're a fantastic team, and I don't want to see them win either, but I think that, you know, that's that's the team that's going to take it all this season. Yeah, uh, it's going to be three for three on Cleveland, I guess, but uh, I'll uh... – Switch back to the wild card game. I also think the Twins are going to beat New York. The only thing that kind of gave me pause on that in the playing game is that uh, a lot of uh, Yankees hitters, including Aaron Judge, have had some deep ball success on Irvin Santana, who's going to start that game for the Twins. But and Santana's just one of those guys that nights he's on, you can't hit him, and if he's not on, you might score a lot of runs. Yeah, so you can light him up. But I'm gonna. 
I mean, the Twins have been playing really, really well lately, so I guess that's kind of why I'm giving them the edge there. I've got the Houston Astros over Boston. Nice. That's what I like to hear. <laughs> and then uh, Cleveland over the Twins to set up Astros-Indians uh, as well there. Uh, Indians, again, I mean, their they're lineup, you've got – Basically, everybody back from that World Series team a year ago, plus Edwin Encarnacion, um, kind of leading the way there. And yeah, He and started the, off slow, but as, you know, he, he mashed as the season went on, no doubt about that. Yeah, so. he did. And, and then, obviously, uh, Kluber leading the rotation, and uh, Andrew Miller and Cody Allen locking down the eighth and ninth innings. That's going to be tough for anybody to overcome. And then on the National League side, I've actually got the Nationals beating the Cubs uh, – in the the NLDS, um, I don't know if there's ever going to be a year where it feels like the Nationals are finally going to break through and do that. I've only got them winning this one round, so I guess maybe that wouldn't qualify. But uh, I just feel like all season the Cubs have been completely inconsistent, and unless they unless they finally found a way to flip the switch, um, I just don't I don't feel the magic with this team uh, that that there was last year. I was actually going to ask that question. It seems a little bit different going into this postseason than it did last postseason because the Cubs have already done it now. So there doesn't seem to be much pressure on them uh, to do it again. Does it seem like that? Does it seem uh, like the pressure is, is on this Cubs team, or is the pressure on someone else, mainly probably Washington or Los Angeles? Yeah, I think it's I mean, it's more on the Dodgers. Um, I think maybe they lost a little bit of that pressure because of that unforeseen losing streak after they were on pace to you know, shatter Major League Baseball's win record. Um, maybe that plays beneficial to them down the long run i'm not sure uh but setting up that matchup in the other nlds i've got arizona winning the play-in this is the reason they signed zach granke to that huge contract i think he gets it done against colorado um but the dodgers get by the d-backs and the ds and then uh dodgers nationals in the nlcs i i like the dodgers there i mean their their rotation is excellent as well um i think it's better than the Nationals, and they definitely have uh, hitters to, you know, go back and forth scoring runs with Washington. So I've got Indians, Dodgers in the World Series, and like I said off the top, uh, Indians take that one. I mean, there's nothing to not like about Cleveland. Yeah. What's interesting about this postseason is that there aren't the only surprise are the Minnesota Twins. No one was expecting the Twins to do this a year after losing 103 games. Uh, but everyone else in there is – it seems like they belong, and I think a lot of people – at the beginning of the season, would have picked a you know a Cleveland Chicago uh, rematch in the World Series, or would have picked a Cleveland and Los Angeles uh, matchup in the World Series, and uh, you know those James, that's what you have in the World Series as well as is the Indians and the Dodgers. So I kind of a bittersweet playoffs for me, just because uh, Milwaukee was almost that second surprise team going into the last series of the year, fighting it out with Colorado, and I mean at least myself as a fan before the year started i didn't expect milwaukee to crack 60 wins maybe and then they put a winning season together and almost get into the postseason so sad that that run is kind of over but uh, i i I think for the most part um the but you know teams not only were they the best but felt like they deserved to get in as well all right well uh very good uh we'd like to hear uh, from you uh, whatever picks you have let us know who you think is going to uh win in each round of the playoffs or if you want you can just let us know who you think is going to win the world series uh you can find us on twitter at tcre sports you can find us on facebook facebook.com 
uh, backslash TCRE Sports. Uh, you can find Brett Summers on Twitter at BA Sports Writer. You can find James Cook at James Cook 14. And you can find myself, Brendan Queeley, at Brendan Queeley. Uh, so we'd love to hear from our lovely fans out there because I know there's more than just my mom listening. I'm pretty sure we've got more than that. But um, uh, moving on from the MLB to the NFL, uh, we begin our over and under reactions this week with the Detroit Lions. Uh, who moved to 3-1 after defeating the Minnesota Vikings uh, 14-7 on Sunday. Uh, the Lions are basically a missed call, blown call, however you want to kind of look at that, uh, away from being you know the only other 4-0 team. Uh, so over or under reaction, the Lions win 11 games this season. I don't think that's an overreaction. Um, you know, going over their schedule and, and what I've seen out of them from four games, as you mentioned, it, I mean, they an inch away from being four, an inch and a bad rule away from being four and zero. I think eleven wins is attainable for the Lions this year. Um, you know, I think their their toughest stretch uh, really is kind of these next four games, which are bookended around a bye week. They've got two more in Carolina at and at New Orleans, then off, and then home against Pittsburgh and at Green Bay. I think that's their toughest. Uh, stretch the rest of the season so I feel like if they can get through that even at two and two I mean Cleveland Chicago twice Minnesota again who they just beat on Sunday Cincinnati I mean those are all teams that with what they've shown so far through four games um, I mean those are games they should be able to uh, to find wins and 11 wins will be a great opportunity for them to push for a, a division title. Yeah, you'd think those uh, two games against Chicago would certainly be wins, but the Bears did announce today that they are moving on from uh, Mike Glennon uh, to uh, Mitch Trubisky. Uh, so we'll kind of see how that plays out. Uh, the league most... is quaking in its boots. I believe that's sarcasm, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. I believe that was sarcasm So from your, your Green Bay Packers fan over there. Uh, James, how do you feel about what the uh, the Lions are going to be doing this season and, and, and how they've performed uh, you know, thus far? Uh, they've been a, a, a strong team. Yeah, and a, lot of the, a lot of people that I talked to before the season were talking about the first eight games and saying if the Lions can come out of the first eight games four and four, that they think that they can do well the, the second eight games because the schedule is easier after that and, and be a legit playoff contender. Eleven games, I, I, don't, I wouldn't put money down in Vegas on that. Myself, I think 10 is maybe more realistic for the Lions. Just being the pessimistic Lions fan that I am, they're going to blow a game in there that they should have won. But being 3-1 and one right now, they're ahead of where I think a lot of people thought they were going to be. Um, and, and Brett was right, the next four games is, is crucial. they got to win at least two of those, um, if, if not more. If, if they can come out winning three of those four, I mean... Then, then you then your talk of eleven winning eleven games is a lot more realistic. I think you're a lifetime Lions fan, right? Sadly, yes. Yeah, again, sadly, I don't mean I'm not trying to. But does this season feel? Uh, is there a different kind of feeling this season to this team? Is you know, as, as a fan, and you know, uh, I'm sure you know other Lions fans as well. What's kind of the undertone of the of the Lions fandom right now? There is that feeling that this team is different, and I'm trying to fight that because <laughs> I've fallen for that way too many other times. And uh, so I'm trying to, to to stay a little more realistic about it. And uh, But, I mean, through four games, I didn't expect them to be 3-1. You look back a little bit in hindsight at those four games, and the Arizona and Giants wins maybe don't have the luster that they had 
at the beginning of the season because both of those teams appear now to be pretty awful. <laughs> but I mean, but Atlanta, I think, is one of the best teams in the NFL. The Lions are a, a bad rule away from potentially winning that game. And then last week's win was, you know, on the road against a, a pretty, what I think would be a pretty decent Vikings team. You know, that was another a statement because winning on the road has always been a problem for the Lions. Brett, what do you see as kind of, you know, if they, what could be their, the Lions statement game, like the matchup that they're going to go against? And if they pull out a win there, then that makes them a, a legit contender. Well, if, you, if you're looking to make a statement, um, that's weeks eight and nine coming out of the bye week. You're home against Pittsburgh uh, and then at Green Bay. And the Lions ended their dubious losing streak in Lambeau last year. So if they were able to win there and, and for a second season in a row, that would absolutely be huge. And, I mean, even though the Pittsburgh game the week before is at home, Steelers team is is for real um, and I mean I think that's just sort of like a measuring stick game like if you really want to feel like you belong in the NFC and uh, as far as a, a top you know looking at a top two seat maybe um, you know that's a game that if you win you feel like that's a possible a real possibility James are you thinking Super Bowl at any point you said you're trying to fight that but uh, would you have you ever allowed yourself your your you know your fantasies to drift to a, a Lions Super Bowl win, or, or I wouldn't maybe not win, but how about appearance? I, I am not going to say that. <laughs> Would you ever say it? <laughs> even if I'm, they're, I'm going to wait until it happens. Even because, if they if they because, go 15 and one and they go into the playoffs, are you still like I don't think they're going to make the Super Bowl? I mean yeah, they're 15 yeah, and one, but yeah. I just I don't see it happening. I got to temp I got to temper all my expectations, man. <laughs> I mean. I've been, you know, if you're a Lions fan, you've been snake bit so many times. Are the Lions fans the Cubs fans of football? Is that how they're kind of viewed? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, we don't have a goat, but <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I mean, Lions have the curse of Bobby Lane, which was only supposed to last 50 years, but has somehow gone well past that. All right, uh, moving on from the NFL uh, now into prep football. We'll talk a bit of uh, local sports here. Uh, this past Friday, we saw Traverse City West move to 6-0 for just the second time in this program's history with a win against Benton Harbor. The last time they were 6-0 was uh, back in 2004. Um, uh, we also uh, had Traverse City St. Francis notch its sixth win of the season and continuing its run of being undefeated in the regular season since a loss to Boynton City in 2014. Uh, and, of course, there was that epic game between Frankfurt and Glen Lake. Over-under reaction here, looking at those four teams, uh, looking at West... St. Francis, Frankfurt, and Glen Lake, these four teams will combine for just one loss the rest of the season, over or under reaction, Brett? It's a really good question. Thanks. Uh, for this, yeah. And that's um, the best way to stall for time while you're thinking about it. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm gonna, no, I'm going to go, no, I, I've got, I think I know my answer, but I don't like the answer that I'm going to give. All right. I'm gonna, you, don't, you don't have I'm gonna to give it if you I'm don't gonna, want <laughs> I'm going to go over reaction. I think that's somewhere, um, you know, they'll find these four teams will find a way to combine for, <clears throat> excuse me, for two losses. But um, I would not be surprised if it's one or fewer. I mean, uh, West and St. Francis have as good a shot as any team um, to run the table in the regular season. Uh, and Frankfurt and Glen Lake, I think, um, have already played their toughest game of the year. Uh, probably, well, Frankfurt played Muskegon Catholic Central, but notwithstanding the you know the matchup between the two of them last week, so um, 
I'm, I'm not going to go as far as to say where the two losses are going to come from, but uh, I wouldn't. <clears throat> I, I think I'm going to go overreaction on that one. Well, we had a similar discussion to this last week when we were talking about the undefeated teams uh, that we were looking at, and you know, of course, that included West and St. Francis at that time, and they're both still undefeated now after the wins that they picked up this past uh, Friday and Saturday. St. Francis winning on Saturday, of course. But, uh, you know, Brett, last year, or I'm sorry, last week, uh, you also said that you expected all of those teams uh, to probably take a loss at some point in the season, so it makes sense that you wouldn't pick the uh, kind of an overreaction on this one. You look at the West and the St. Francis teams here in Traverse City, and I'm not sure that, well, at least two people in this room thought that these teams were going to be 6-0 and at this point in the season. I, I didn't expect St. Francis to be as good as they have been this season, but they have just been... I mean, downright fantastic. Their defense has been, uh, you know, out of this world uh, other than giving up, uh, you know, how many points did they give up on Saturday after giving up zero in back-to-back games? I think it was 24. Yeah. To, uh, to Grayling. I mean, Grayling's a good offensive team. Too. Exactly. And most of that was in the first half. I mean, they pretty much locked them down in the second half. Yeah. You've got, I mean, again, and, and West is – uh, coming in, and you look at that win that they had. James, you texted me this over the weekend. The, the win that they had in Week One against Midland, uh, they were in control that entire game, and now Midland has gone on to win its its next five games. They haven't lost since losing to West in that first week. And they knocked uh, off a team in the top ten this week. Right, and proving just how good that team was in an hour. Again, proving just how good West is, kind of by proxy, looking at what they did to Midland in Week One, which was just a they took care of business. It was that simple. They mm-hmm. imposed their will on that Midland team and, and walked away with a an extremely convincing win and one that is now more impressive after seeing what Midland has done. And, and you know, looking again at Frankfurt and Glen Lake, we, we talked at length about those two teams last week and just how good they are uh, offensively and, and how they've, they've got good, uh, you know, a good solid defense as well. Um, but, yeah, I don't see Frankfurt... Uh, taking another loss for the rest of the season because uh, they are going to be so hungry now after dropping that game to Glen Lake, and Glen Lake has that hunger as well. And they didn't, you know, they don't want to be viewed as a team that one might not make the playoffs, which could have been the case uh, had they not gotten that comeback win against Frankfurt. Um, and being down early, you, you kind of had a question uh, what that team was made of up until that point. But when they came back, they they should certainly. Uh, showed something, but West is looking at three games against uh, Cadillac, Gaylord, and then they close the uh, season with uh, Coldwater, which will be their biggest obstacle for an undefeated regular season. Uh, but I think they they get it done. They proved so much to me against Benton Harbor. I, I know that they allowed 218 rushing yards to Denny Brown. But again, a lot of those came on two rushing touchdowns where the defense just kind of broke down. And I wouldn't say that the defense broke down so much more than Denny Brown broke the defense down. I mean, he was he was breaking ankles left and right and making some incredible moves out there. He had a 67-yard rushing touchdown. He had a 55-rushing-yard touchdown. So you combine those two, uh, that, that that's a you know more than half of what he got um, on the on the ground in terms of uh, rushing yards. Um, but the the West. Offense is just too good, and the West defense is just too sound. Uh, I don't. They're certainly not losing in weeks seven and eight, and I don't think they're going to lose in week nine. Mm-hmm. And I can think the same way with St. Francis. Um, you know, I don't think they're going to lose. The only, I think the only game that they have a, a possibility of losing the rest of the way is uh, week nine against Point City, 
and you know, Point City has one of its best teams in years, and you know, probably thinks they have a shot at St. Francis, and they and, they, and I think they do, but how many times in the last few years have we thought that about other teams in the league that where they could think, oh, they've got a the best team in decades, and this is the year they could beat St. Francis, and then they come play St. Francis, and it's a destruction. You know, I mean, that it was that way with Calcasco last year. I mean, Calcasco came in with all the momentum and and everything, and then they came into St. Francis. St. Francis destroyed them. Um, so I think. How much credit do you give Josh, uh, Josh Sellers for building that program? Um, he has like everything organized to a T in that program. I mean, um, similar similar to like Tim Wu or Eric Sugars. I mean, when you're in a big program like that, the the head coach is more of an organized organization guy than a play caller almost um, even though some of these guys do call their own plays and stuff like that but he just he just has everything down um, to the way he wants it especially like you said especially on that defense I mean it's St. Francis is I've said this multiple times like one of the most fundamentally sound defenses I've seen you just don't see big holes open up on the line for a guy to run through against St. Francis. They just they, they, they play where they're supposed to play and they don't give you much. They make you take what you're gonna get. Um, you know, so I see them I see them going undefeated and you know, Boyne City could change that, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna believe it until I see it kind of thing. Kinda like the Lions. True. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, Frankfurt and Glen Lake, I think they both went out. Frankfurt only has two games left because they uh, had one week where they weren't able to schedule a team. Um, so they're going to have – that's going to be nice for them going into the playoffs. I mean, they're going to have week nine off. So they're going to have an extra week to rest up, to get healthy, and everything going into the playoffs. That's, that's going to be a, an advantage that not many teams are going to have going into the postseason. So, so I think it's pretty realistic that these teams only lose one game between the four of them. Yeah. And, and maybe, maybe none. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, I, I think it's a good possibility that none of those four teams take a loss. So, mm-hmm. all right, uh, finally from football to football, uh, onto the soccer field. Uh, this past Wednesday, the Buckley Bears avenged an earlier loss to Leland this season with a 3-0 shutout against uh, the Comets, uh, who were a perfect 15-0 coming into that game. Uh, Buckley was sitting at 11-1-2. Now, the Bears won the, uh, the program's first district championship last season before falling to state runner-up Muskegon Catholic Central in the regional semifinal. I know you got the Beeman brothers in Ridge and Brock, as well as Denver Cade and Austin Harris uh, on the field, and then you've got Joey Weber in goal. So over or under reaction here, Buckley will win the program's first regional title. Now, if if we're looking at this, now the matchups aren't yet, aren't out yet for uh, uh, for the district, but in the Buckley district, you've got Big Rapids Crossroads, you've got uh, Buckley, of course, you've got Pine River, McBain Northern Michigan Christian, Pentwater, and Walkerville. Um, now I think. They're coming out of that district, uh, you know, with their second district championship. Um, how do you guys feel about about that? Agreed. Yeah, as far as the district, yeah, I think uh, totally Buckley has got to be the the odds-on favorite in that by a lot. And then now in the in the regional semifinal, uh, who they'll you know if they do come out of that district, who they're going to match up against uh, is going to be in the Muskegon Western Michigan Christian district. So you've got there you've got Fruitport Cavalry Christian, Grand Rapids North Point Christian, uh, Kent City Algoma Christian, uh, Muskegon Catholic Central, uh, which is the team that they lost to last year, Muskegon Western Michigan Christian, of course, since they're the host, uh, North Muskegon, and then uh, Ravenna. Um, you know that will. That's who they're going to be facing in the regional semi. Now, if they get past there, 
Uh, they'll be facing teams either from the Lincoln Elkona uh, district, which is uh, Fairview, Houghton Lake, Lincoln Elkona, Oscoda, Roscommon, uh, Whitemore Prescott, and then in the Maple City Glen Lake, in the Glen Lake district, which is just an absolute beast. Uh, you've got teams like Elk, Elk Rapids, Harbor Springs, Leland, and, and Northport to go along with uh, Beaver Island, Burt Lake, Northern Michigan Christian Academy, uh, Harbor Springs, Harbor Lake Christian, uh, and of course, uh, Glen Lake. So looking at those teams, is it possible, possible for Buckley to come out of there and, and win a regional title and move on to the state semis? Possible, but uh, I mean, at this point, being so far out, what I, I mean, dream would be for Leland and Buckley to make it and play in that, in that final round, which would is is certainly a possibility. It is, and uh, I mean, whether they won that game or not, you know, as far as us, always, you know, always hoping for the best story, that would be it for sure. Um, I'm not sure that there would be a better. Uh, postseason storyline local wise uh, than than that, you know. Obviously, they split the first two matchups. I'd, I'd be really curious to see if uh, you know Leland if that happened if Leland figured out Buckley's plan from the second matchup because I think they were probably as surprised as anybody to get beat three nothing. Yeah, and those teams have built such a rivalry. I mean, there really is. I mean, those two teams, you know, when they play each other, they're playing each other hard. It's become uh, you know a, a pretty. Uh, I wouldn't say it's not nasty in a way, but it just uh, the teams, it seems like they have a little extra to play for when, when Leland and, uh, and Buckley match up. I think what's really interesting for me is that I would love to see a Leland-Elk Rapids uh, district final uh, in, that, in that Glen Lake district because th- those Elk Rapids right now is another team behind uh, Nate Plum uh, as their head coach, and they've got been getting great games from Preston Ball and uh, Jaden Christensen. They've got Ethan Pike in goal, who's been who's been doing a wonderful job for them. Uh, it's uh, you, know, you know this it, it could be I, I you know uh, it, it might be odd for me to say this, but some Division Four soccer is going to be really really interesting, uh, or hopefully it could be you know once uh, I, I believe the district starts October twenty second. Regional semis are October twenty fourth and twenty fifth, and regional is is after that, and then uh, you have the state tournament coming up. Um, the semis on November fourth, and then the MHR, I'm sorry, the finals on November fourth. So it's it'll, it'll be interesting, James. Yeah, I think so too. Um, I, you know, I really like that Maple City Glen Lake district. I mean, that's that's just going to be really competitive between uh, Elk Rapids, Leland, uh, Harbor Springs is a good team, North Bay, uh, and you got. Four pretty good teams there, and you got a couple other teams that can that can come in and give you a game too. Um, yeah, and, I feel bad for you know uh, just kind of breezing over North Bay there. That was Tom Spencer's going to get angry at me if he listens to this because Tom and I, whenever we talk on the phone, well, one of the um, kind of things that we talk about is how overlooked North Bay is, and that is certainly a team that should not be overlooked. Yeah, I mean they can they can score goals with anybody. Um, so they're a team that you in the in the playoffs you you really can't look o- overlook. Um, I think Elk Rapids, you know, may have the advantage here, though. I mean, this is one of the first years that they've dropped down to Division Four um, from Division III. Um, they play a really tough schedule. They're, I mean, their record doesn't look great. You know, I don't know, it's like 8-4 and a couple ties or something like that. But, I mean, they go downstate in the, in the preseason, the early parts of the year, and they go and they play tough teams. Um, not to say that other teams don't, but, I mean, Elk Rapids has done that a lot for a long time, and, and uh, they just... They'll be ready for that district. Um, as far as Buckley winning the regional, it'll be a tough task. Uh, I don't think it's out of the question, but they're going to have to go through a very quality Muskegon team, either WMC or Catholic, 
uh, to get there and then go through, say, a Leland or an Elk Rapids. Yeah. Both of those are tough asks. Yeah, a second district title seems almost certain for Buckley, but uh, past that point, it's uh, it's certainly up in the air. Yeah, can they do it? Yeah. You know, but, I, you know, it's not uh, something that, again, I would... But laid any money down. <laughs> I think they just have to avoid having a letdown after beating Leland and not being satisfied with with beating Leland. I'm, I'm, you know, knowing uh, head coach John Vermilia, I don't think they're going to. But that was, uh, I mean, coming into the season, I know that you know, those boys wanted that win against Leland after after what happened last year. You know, losing in, in the shootout like that. There's a lot of uh, good action going on around right now, and we'll actually get into a little more soccer. Uh, coming up here just in a minute when we talk about uh, Traverse City West. But before we do that, uh, we've had some great performances this past week from our local athletes, and we've got three of them up for nomination for our fifth un- uh, inductee into the Get Around Hall of Fame as our Athlete of the Week. Brett, why don't you start first with who you're putting up? Yeah, Brett Dyer, uh, North Bay Soccer. Oh, speaking of North Bay Soccer. Yeah, he, huh? uh, he had a huge game against Benzie Central uh, last week, uh, scored the first six goals in a seven-goal effort uh, for North Bay. And, uh, I mean, it was, it was funny because you, you mentioned uh, Coach Tom Spencer, but he, he talked about uh, ha- having a rule that, you know, no one is supposed to score more than three goals uh, it, unless North Bay absolutely needs them. And actually the way that game played out, uh, it was 4-3 uh, North Bay early in the second half. So in reality, they really needed them, and, and Dyer uh, provided what they needed. And uh, the double hat trick, I guess, if you want to call it that, um, I mean, it, he, is, he is one of the best uh, players in northern Michigan by far. Yeah, I, I remember you know saying early on that he's not only one of the players to watch, but certainly one of the players that is uh, – you know, would be top of the list for the record eagle player of the year. You know, in boys soccer. So yeah, Dyer's, uh, Dyer's quite good. Uh, James, who are you putting up? Yeah, I, I think he's on that. He's definitely on that short list. I think of for that. Um, he also had the assist on the other goal, so he had seven points. And then Nick Robertson had a hat trick for Benzie. So he had sort of three hat tricks in one game. <laughs> yeah, because he had he, <laughs> he did have Brett with a double hat trick. Yeah, um, I'm I'm gonna go with Nick Apsey from Glen Lake. Um, I mean he. Uh, he scored six touchdowns in one game against against your arch rival in a huge game in their first win on their new artificial turf um, on their homecoming night. I mean, there's just all kinds of storylines coming out of that game. But uh, last year when Frankfurt won that game, 26-21, uh, to 21, I believe it was, uh, Frankfurt was able to really bottle him up. I mean, they, uh, they put a spy on him. They double-covered him when he went out into routes and uh, put an extra safety on him and, and just kind of took him out of the game plan. Um, and this, this time they just weren't able to do that. Um, Glenn Lake kind of, kind of broke, or broke the defense down a little bit by uh, using him as a decoy for a little while, I think, and, uh, and using that for Cade Peterson to get some runs, and that loosened Frankfurt's defense up a little bit. And then, uh, and then they were able to exploit that by getting the ball to Absey. I mean, he had four rushing touchdowns and two receiving. Um, so he did it more than one way as well. All right, I was uh, going between two athletes here, but I'm actually going to go back to the soccer field and uh, go back to the Buckley-Leland game, and I'm going to put up uh, Ridge Beeman, who scored uh, two goals and assisted on the other in the 3-0 win uh, over Leland. Uh, You know, Ridge, as a junior, he has been... Uh, he's a junior that plays on the field with uh, you know four other seniors in Austin Harris, Denver Cade, um, uh, Joey Weber in goal, and then of course uh, his brother Brock. But uh, 
Uh, Ridge has just been fantastic this season. He is about as quiet as you can get, you know, for an athlete, and certainly for one who is uh, trying to turn himself into an elite soccer player uh, in Division Four and in Northern Michigan. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and put him up. Uh, I, I think, you know, what he managed to do against again your rival, uh, you know, a budding rivalry against Leland. Uh, I think that. Uh, um, scoring two goals and assisting on the other is, is certainly worthy of at least a nomination for Athlete of the Week. So, uh, who are we going with, guys? What are we? Is, are you going to win again this week? I, I don't. You, I don't think so. I, I don't think I'm going to win Dyer. this week. Um, I think I'm going to pass my vote over uh, to Apsy from Glen Lake. I uh, and I do that because I feel like uh, he. I mean, all these athletes performed. You know, largely for their team, uh, but I feel like in that case, Glen Lake was in most need of a win. And as we mentioned earlier in the show, down twenty three points, uh, you know, their odds at that point of winning that game were not very good. And uh, Apsy came through and delivered that. Whereas in the case of Brett Dyer with North Bay, um, you know, while you obviously want to win the game, it wasn't a game that you had to win to kind of. Uh, you know, worry about playoffs or, or something like that. Um, and, you know, with Ridge, obviously it's huge beating your rival in a, a team that was undefeated th- at that point. But it, uh, aside from, uh, you know, confidence and what it means within their rivalry, uh, it maybe doesn't have a huge impact on, you know, what happens in the postseason. You basically took the words, like, straight out of my mouth. Uh, it, it has to be Apsy simply because of the – uh, environment that that performance was in. I mean, that was basically fighting for your playoff life right then and there that night. And it's yeah, it's got to be Nick Apsy for me. I know he didn't rack up a bunch of yards, but six scores is is pretty ridiculous. And uh, you know, I have I have no problem inducting our second Glen Lake Laker uh, into the uh, Get Around Hall of Fame as he joins uh, his uh, quarterback, Cade Peterson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you get you get a fair amount of yards. I think it was eighty some yards rushing, another. F- 40 or 50 receiving, something like that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, six touchdowns in a game, in a game of that magnitude that they needed that much uh, to get back on track, um, you know, that's just a, a huge performance in the in the big spotlight. All right, uh, so there he is, our Athlete of the Week for episode number five of the Get Around, in, now in the Get Around Hall of Fame. Congratulations, Glen Lake's Nick Absey. Uh, all right, let's move on to our games of the week. Uh, we're going to stick with uh, soccer here for a little bit longer and talk about Traverse City West, uh, which is looking to clinch its eighth straight Big North Conference title, uh, which is more than impressive. Uh, they've got a game uh, against Crosstown rival Traverse City Central on Tuesday and then against Gaylord on Thursday. Uh, right now, West leads the BNC at 6-0-1, with Central right behind at 4-0-3, followed by Petoskey at 4-3, Gaylord at 3-3-1, Alpina at 1-6, and, and then Cadillac bringing up the rear at 0-6-1. Oh, uh, Titans pretty much have it wrapped up, or at least you know they're certainly in, in the best spot to do that, uh, but they can put a stranglehold uh, on it with two wins um, this week. Are you guys, and I'll add this I'll, uh, for either of you, are you surprised West has been this good in the BNC after losing the Michael brothers, Donovan and Dalton, losing Alex Glashen and then losing their, their goalkeeper and Sam Schreiber? Or uh, have you been uh, you know impressed with what, I mean, I've been pretty impressed with, with what uh, David Downing has done in goal uh, uh, for, for the Titans this year. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I think it was kind of natural for people to expect a little bit of regression. I mean, you lose Mr. Soccer, you lose his twin brother, who's pretty much just as good. Right. Uh, you know, you lose Alex Glash and you lose Schreiber, like you said. You lose Co Blund, who transferred to Leland as well. That was a big which loss. Which was another loss for them. Yep. And and a lot of people were, I think, kind of maybe expecting some regression. Um, and uh, but it really hasn't come that you know early in the season they may have struggled but again that was against a very tough schedule they went out and found a lot of really good teams from downstate to play and uh and you know once they got to the league they've just kind of taken care of business they had that tie but that's it yeah i mean the tie that they have is is of course to to traverse city central um you know both of you guys uh, were at that game and and we talked about that a little bit uh a few episodes back but um uh, Brett, what did you see from from that West team uh, against Central that uh, can tell you why they're sitting at six zero and one right now? You know, they really they just know how to uh, grind out a game and, and how to how to finish a game. Um, and you know, Matt Greisinger, since he took over uh, there at Traverse City West, I think he's done a really great job leading that program. Um, I'm not surprised where they are at right now. They still have talented athletes, maybe not the elite caliber guys like like we were just talking about in Donovan Dalton Michael um but uh you know as far as you know the competition that they face in northern Michigan and within the big north conference I mean they're still the class of that league um I think they uh you know that regression that you guys were just talking about that maybe you'll you'll see that lack of elite speed or elite talent uh you know as as west progresses through the playoffs a little bit but uh the fact that i mentioned about them you know knowing how to win and and being able to grind out games that'll help them at that point if they you know do come up against an opponent that maybe has some some more of those elite players and you know i would expect coach kreisinger to you know figure out how to defense that and maybe uh cover up those losses and and still remain competitive yeah, and I think you have to, uh, one of the athletes that we certainly could have put up for Athlete of the Week the last couple of weeks has been Mitch Hebblewhite, who has just been a scoring machine for West uh, these last few weeks. Uh, they've, it, it is, I mean, I'm going to say I am surprised because you think uh, ever after having a team dominated by the Michael brothers for those four years, you'd think that a team might struggle to find its identity as who it is without the Michael brothers. Uh, but it seems that these players have really uh, looked at it as an opportunity for them to make their own mark at Traverse City West and, and you know, continue that streak of, of consecutive Big North Conference titles. Uh, and, and sitting right now at, at 6-0-1 um, is, is certainly an impressive feat. Um, but, yeah, you've got you've to like uh, what they've done, and certainly, but you do have to wonder, uh, will, they'll, you know, will it catch up to them here in the playoffs? Uh, James... What the, what the Titans have done, uh, do you think that they'll uh, find success uh, when the postseason comes around? I, I think so, definitely. Um, I mean, to one, one degree or another, I think a, a district title is uh, certainly within their grasp. And then last year they were able to go with the quarterfinals. Um, and, you know, they, and they've had other players step up, too. Uh, you know, Ethan Vandermolen is a kid who stepped up into that. Um, last year he was kind of more of an ancillary player. Um, without the Michaels, he's been kind of one of the guys up top with Hebel White. Um, he doesn't have the speed of the Michael brothers, but he doesn't make mistakes either. Um, he's just a pretty solid player, um, knows where to distribute the ball, um, knows when to go at the net, 
and uh, and he's been one of those solid players. And they do have another Michael brother on the team now, so they have the younger brother Gavin. So at least they still have that too. So they still have a Michael. That's good. Mm-hmm. As long as they've got a Michael on the team, they're going to be doing all right. He doesn't have a twin, but you know, take what you can get. All right. Uh, moving back to football, uh, the big game we have coming up Pitts on, on Friday, Pitts-Grayling, uh, which fell for just the second time this season with a loss to St. Francis on Saturday against Elk Rapids, which is riding a three-game win streak after uh, victories against Kalkaska, Benzi Central, and Kingsley. Uh, uh, guys, what should we be looking for coming into Friday's game? What's what's the big storyline there? Um, I, you know, I, I, I had the opportunity to see Grayling on Saturday against St. Francis, and uh, I, I liked a lot of what I saw from them. Um, they were able. They were ahead of St. Francis for most of the first quarter. Um, St. Francis kind of did what St. Francis does and wore them down. Uh, and what they do, that, that's what they do to a lot of teams. They just they just wear you down. But uh, but Grayling showed a lot. They had a pretty good defense. They you know their their quarterback um, Justin Nicholas, really good thrower. Um, he was able to hit some pretty tight windows there in, in their spread offense. Um, I, I really liked what I saw from him. He left the game in the second half with a what I what I heard was a high ankle sprain. Um, so we'll see whether he can come back in time to play in this game or not. But then they also lost their number one receiver, Nick Hunter, in that game to a broken leg. And he's going to be out for the rest of the season. So that's a big loss. Um, they do have the other two Hunter brothers in their receiving core who are also both pretty good. Um, so they don't have any shortage of weapons there. Um, and uh, and Nicholas, I, th- I think Nicholas could could be able to give it to give it a go. I mean, he's a he's a he's a bigger kid for a quarterback. Mobility is not necessarily his thing, um, and uh, it, but it will hurt them on defense because I would imagine that they're going to m- maybe try to play him at quarterback, but he might not be able to play a linebacker like he normally does um, to to give that ankle a little bit of a rest. Um, but uh, and and Elk Rapids, I mean, I don't. I don't know if you could have pointed out anybody before the season that would have predicted that they would have been five and one at this point. Yeah, I mean the Elks now going. I mean, this this game is huge for them because it can clinch the postseason for the first time in a, a good number of years. And um, you know, under first year head coach Keith Schulte, um, you know, taking a, a group of guys that have really taken their lumps the last couple of seasons um, and matured really well. Uh, I mean. It, you you look at the the guys that make up this team and it's a lot of guys who have been playing varsity since before they were ready to play varsity while well, they're they're finally ready um, and you know they're making that very apparent on game nights uh, with the results that they're putting up so really impressive for Elk Rapids to be five and one at this point and um, you can bet they'll want to clinch that postseason berth uh, sooner rather than later I think I misspoke when I said that Hunter broke his leg he broke his arm oh. <laughs> It's a different body part, yeah, for sure. It's still broken, still off for the season, um, which is a big loss for them. Absolutely. All right, uh, other games uh, under, under the Friday Night Lights uh, coming up. We have uh, West at Cadillac, Central at Alpena, Gaylord at Petoskey, Sheboygan at St. Francis, Kalkaska at Kingsley, Harbor Springs at East Jordan, Benzie Central at Boyne City, Charlevoix at Munising, Sutton's Bay at Hale, uh, Grand Traverse Academy at Onekama, Brethren at Mesick, Inland Lakes at Glen Lake, St. Ignace at Frankfurt, uh, Joe Berg at Gaylord St. Mary, Wyoming Tri-Unity at Forest Area, Central Lake at Atlanta, and Posen at Bel Air. So uh, plenty of good stuff coming up this Friday. I'm sure we're all looking forward to that. Uh, Coming up after uh, Friday's action, uh, make sure that you look for the second episode of the Get Around After Dark, uh, which will be up Saturday morning on the website and, of course, on SoundCloud and iTunes. Uh, we will be breaking down Friday's uh, biggest matchups uh, and games and along with uh, the rest of the results that we get um, 
uh, from the from what we've got coming up on on Friday. Uh, let's go ahead and end the show uh, with the trifecta. We're going to end it on a light note, and this week we are, of course, revealing our picks for the best sports comedy. There are plenty of them out there, and um, uh, we know that we'd like to hear from you and what you think is your best sports comedy, but before we get into any of that, we're going to start with James. Uh, your your favorite sports comedy, uh, uh, what movie uh, got your choice? Uh, I mean, there's a lot of them. Obviously, we were going through this before, and there's a lot of them that we could have chosen. And uh, I, but I went with uh, with Slapshot. I think it was just uh, you know 1977, so it's maybe a little old for uh, for a lot of people that are listening to this. But uh, it just kind of brought the the slapstick to Slapshot or to hockey, I guess, a yeah. little bit. And uh, I know the I know the Hanson brothers. I know that um, I've never seen it. I've seen you know bits and pieces because I know Slapshot's one of my dad's favorite movies, and I'm surprised that he never made me sit down and watch that one. He made me sit down and watch a lot of other movies. Um, I wouldn't say made me. I was very happy to sit down with my dad and watch movies. It was always something that we you know we enjoyed. Um, you know he'd let me stay up late every single night. You know watching the Rockford Files or. Uh, or anything like that, and you know, there's so many movies that I identify with my father, um, but uh, you know, Slapshot was never one uh, that he made me sit down and watch. Um, but I have heard nothing but great things about that. You've got Paul Newman in there, uh, and you can't beat Paul Newman, who's probably one of the coolest human beings to ever, you know, walk the face of the earth. That guy is just like, he, you know, he uh, he emanates cool. He's just a cool dude. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, uh, what else was it about Slapshot that you love so much? It's one of those movies, it, well, it's infinitely quotable, um, maybe not in a uh, certain company, but uh, it, it's, it's a very quotable, uh, a, lot of, a lot of colorful language, should I say? Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Uh, but uh, um, it just had, it had really good, they, they put a lot into the writing uh, into actually, you know, coming up with good lines, good, good things that are repeatable. Hi, Jim Carrigan. Uh, Dennis, uh, I know that some in our audience don't know the finer points of hockey. Uh, could you tell them, for example, uh, what is icing? Well, um, icing happen when uh, the puck come down, bang, you know, before the other guys, mm-hmm. nobody there, you know. Mm-hmm. My arm go comes out, then uh, the game stopped and start up. Mm-hmm. I see. <clears throat> uh, what is high sticking? High sticking happen when uh, the guy take the stick, you know, and he go like that you know you don't do that you don't do that oh no never never why not against the rules you know you're stupid when you do that just some english pig with no uh, brain Dennis, at all uh, you know what is uh, slashing slashing is um like that you know mm-hmm. and um there's a penalty for that yeah uh, and for a trip also, you know, oh. like that, and mm-hmm. for hook like this, mm-hmm. and uh, for spear, you know, like that, mm-hmm. all bad. Bad. You do that, you go to the box, you know, uh, two minutes by yourself, and you feel shame, you know, mm-hmm. and then you get free. And uh, it, with Paul Newman in it, it kind of surprised you for him to play this, this kind of role. It was a little bit of a departure for him. I mean, a big departure at that time. For him to play this kind of role, where he was a, a ho- has-been hockey player who was a player coach, um, and kind of a womanizer and foul-mouthed, and you know, and everything, it, it was just it was just great. Um, it's kind of like the Lebowski in that way, in that if you watch it multiple times, you keep catching other lines that strike a chord or strike you as funny. See, um, there was a movie that was uh, should have been up for last week's category, which is uh, you know best movie with sports in the background. So. Because the Big Lebowski does have bowling in the background. We, we struck out in that one. So, that, that totally should Although, be. to be fair, I do think the Big Lebowski is 
extremely overrated, in, in yeah, my opinion. You, you shouldn't even go there. <laughs> let's, just, let's, just, let's, just, let's just not go there. I'm right there with but, you, Brendan. But, uh, but I know you, guys, you knew you guys have seen Slapshot, um, but uh, I'll, I'll make you, I will offer you a trade in that I will watch The Sandlot if you guys watch Slapshot. Fine with me. I mean, I'm you, in. I mean, uh, I think you're getting the better end of that deal. I haven't, seen, I haven't seen The Sandlot. I, I don't have anything against it. I just haven't seen it. I know you guys reference it a lot and, uh, and everything. So. Yeah. All right, Brett, uh, your pick, Best Sports County. I'm going to go with Happy Gilmore, just uh, quintessential Adam Sandler. Uh, Sandler at his best. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think kind of similarly to one of our previous categories when I said I miss Jim Carrey in the uh, you know everyday entertainment world, Adam Sandler, since he's gone off the deep end or whatever has happened to him. Just stop making good movies is what Yeah, happened. okay. Uh, did you see Pixels? No, I don't think so. I don't think many people did. Yeah, don't. Don't, okay, don't. Um, but uh, even, not even Peter Dinklage could save that. <laughs> it's uh, it. Happy Gilmore is just excellent from start to finish. I, I, it doesn't matter how many times I watch it; it's la- laughing hysterically. And uh, you know, Bob Barker, his role in that film and and that partnership between him and Adam Sandler, I give him a, a lot of credit for stepping into that role, and I think that turned in turned out maybe to be i mean i guess you'd have to ask them but uh, i feel like maybe that worked out better than either of them could have ever foreseen uh as far as what was going to come out of that movie and grab people's attention i can't believe you're a professional golfer i think you should be working at the snack bar you better relax bob there is no way that you could have been as bad at hockey as you are at golf all right let's go You like that, old man? You want a piece of me? I don't want a piece of you. I want the whole thing. The price is wrong, bitch. I, I think that Bob Barker's appearance in Happy Gilmore has to be the best uh, cameo ever by a celebrity because that was I mean it's it's just an iconic scene where the two of them are, are fighting each other and it's it, you know and just you all know the line without yes. us repeating it yeah mm-hmm. you know just a perfect a perfect comedy movie because you've got a great villain in Shooter McGavin I mean just a really really hateable character. Uh, and and a, a great end to it as well. And it, that, like I said, I think that's uh, between that and the wedding singer. I think that's Adam Sandler at his best. All right, my pick uh, for best sports comedy is a movie that I reference a lot, talk about a lot, and as someone who loves baseball, uh, it's got to be Major League for me. Major League is a movie I watch as as soon as spring training is over and opening day is, is right around the corner. I I always put it on and. Um, Major League is one of those movies, if it's on TV, like TBS or TNT or something like that, or if it's on a movie channel, it's one I'm going to sit down and watch. You've got uh, you know, a f- fabulous, iconic performance um, by Charlie Sheen as uh, Ricky Wild Thing Vaughn. Vaughn into the windup in his first offering. Just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. Ball four. Ball eight. Low and Vaughn has walked the bases loaded on 12 straight pitches. It's just, it's, it's such a wonderfully 
and you said this about Slapshot, quotable movie. Like, there is just so much that is referenced uh, in the sports world because of that movie. Um, and again, we were talking about the Cleveland Indians, um, you know, winning the World Series at the beginning of the show. Uh, it only makes sense to kind of end the show with a little Cleveland Indians as well. You're leaving out one shout-out, pretty a uh, pretty obvious one. I'll give you one one crack at who you're forgetting to mention from that movie. Who I'm forgetting to mention from Major League? Yes. No, help me Bobby out. Bobby Euchre. Oh, my God, Euchre. Yes, of course. He is, He yeah, he makes that movie. Um, I mean, uh, yeah, the, just the uh, him as the announcer uh, is, is fantastic. Uh, you know, those are... Uh, again, we're talking about quotable lines, and and Euchre is uh, he he delivers so many of them. You can't say that on TV. <laughs> Nobody's listening anyway. One hit. People who don't know One. who Bob Euchre is or don't realize that he's still broadcasting baseball for for the Milwaukee Brewers still know his lines. We'd like to hear from you as well what your favorite sports comedy is. Uh, again, as we said at the beginning of the, so, uh, the show, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash TCRE Sports. You can find us on Twitter at TCRE Sports. You can find Brett at BA Sports Writer. You can find James at James Cook 14. And you can find myself at Brendan Queeley. We'd love to hear from you. We haven't heard from you yet. We're five episodes in, and we haven't heard from anybody. But we know you're listening. But we know that you're listening because we check the, the listens every single day many, many times. Uh, because we want very badly for this podcast to succeed. Um, so, yeah, let us know what you what is your favorite sports comedy movie. Uh, if we left anything out um, from our three selections, let us know. It has been a, uh, a wonderful uh, time spending with you guys here in the Traverse City Record Eagle offices. Uh, I am Brendan Queeley for James Cook and Brett Summers. Uh, please listen again next weekend. Listen this Friday uh, to the Get Around After Dark. Have a good week, everyone.